Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people. Talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wander Barn Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wanderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. So I'm pretty excited to be here with you today talking very specifically about feedback. And I think this is probably one of the subjects, I feel like I say this all the time, it's one of the things I talk about the most, but I think feedback really is one of the things that I talk about the most. And there are a couple of reasons why I say that. One, because a lot of people need help and support on how to give really good, appropriate feedback that's going to be helpful for the person on the other end. But also because people just don't like to deal with conflict and typically feedback is thought of in that more opportunity for improvement or negative way and can potentially bring up conflict. People struggle with hard conversations. Again, feedback can really have a tendency to fall into that hard conversation realm. So a lot of individuals have a tendency to categorize themselves as someone who would need support or help, or maybe just need to be better at providing feedback. And that's usually because of the fact that just as humans, we have a tendency to not feel good in conflict situations or not want to hurt people's feelings. Like, And we just always assume that feedback is going to be something that has the potential to harm or hurt someone. So we have a tendency to push away from it, steer away from it, shy away from it, not do it all that much. So it will be just me, Jen, today, and I will be talking specifically about feedback. And I titled this something to the effect of real people giving real feedback. And the reason that I've done that is because, as you know, I talk so much about leadership normally, traditionally, uh, being a leader in skills and behaviors surrounding leadership, feedback being a very critical piece of that. However, this concept and process of really giving effective feedback stems into all areas of life. As a matter of fact, it could probably be even more beneficial for some people just in the realm of relationships with partners, family, friends, etc. So this goes well beyond whether you're a manager or a leader. This just goes beyond any of the work sense. It can be really helpful for personal life, home life, But even just in a work sense, you don't have to be a manager or even a team lead for feedback to be helpful and effective. So I think that's just something that's really important to point out here. With feedback, there's also a component of being able to do it well laterally, but then also up. So how how well are you able to provide feedback to, for example, your manager, your boss, your supervisor, right? So there's a lot of components within there. So I'm going to spend some time talking about really just the two main components of feedback, the opportunity for improvement, which is the one that most people have a tendency to think of as being the negative and the harder one to do. And then also positive feedback, that sort of positive reinforcement, encouragement, et cetera. I'm going to talk about both of these and really hone into why they're important, how to do them a little bit better, different ways of thinking about it, Uh, This may not be earth shattering new, but I do hope that when you kind of combine all of the pieces of everything I'm going to talk about today together, you'll kind of walk away with either a little bit of a different understanding of how you can utilize feedback or just a recognition of the importance and to see, okay, where maybe do I need to have some opportunity to 
do this better myself. So where can you be kind of looking for those chances for yourself to start using tools around effective feedback better in order to um, improve the different relationships that you're intending to be focused on? Okay, so I'm going to start out with positive, just because I think that there's a lot more to talk about here than most people recognize, and I find it to be a little bit more fun to talk about. So positive feedback. Typically in the work setting, it's pretty easy to just give your peer or your employee, your manager, or anyone feedback, like, hey, good job, right? So that's something we hear a lot, even with kids, like, hey, great job, good job. You know, so we hear that a lot. Good job, great job. How helpful is that really? I want you to just kind of pause and think about that for a minute. If someone says to you, good job or great job, it probably feels good in that moment. Maybe it kind of pumps you up a little bit, gives you a little pat on the back, puts a smile on your face. Think about when you say it like to a child, you know, ooh, thanks. You know, they get excited, something like that. But is it really helpful feedback? And the whole point of feedback is for it to be helpful. Like why should we even bother providing feedback, positive or negative, if we're not going to do something with it to change a behavior or to add some sort of value, right? So even with positive feedback, there still needs to be something that's going to come out of it. You're going to change a behavior, you know, something will occur from that feedback. So when you're just telling someone, good job, great job, they're not necessarily going to be able to do anything with that information. They can't learn how to replicate the behavior, for example. Great example with kids even, right? If we really do want to praise them for what they're doing well so that they'll repeat a behavior, well, we should probably be a lot more clear and specific on what behavior was really good so that they have a tendency to repeat it. It's the same thing with adults. It's the same thing with employees. It's the same thing with your boss, with your supervisor, right? This is a great example where feedback up can be a really good managing up or leading up skill. Because if you're able to provide your leader really direct, clear, positive feedback that's specific around what you enjoyed or appreciated that they did, they're going to be much more likely to repeat that behavior for you again. Okay. So let me give you a couple different examples. The first one is just kind of a manager-employee type relationship. I'm going to pretend like I'm the manager and I'm going to be giving positive feedback to an employee. So we come out of a meeting. They do really well in the meeting. I say, hey, good job. You did really good in there today. That probably makes them feel good. Uh, It makes me look like a good manager. Here I am giving good feedback. They give themselves a little kind of pat on the back. They feel good. They walk away. Great. But when it comes to like that development, again, repeating the behavior, creating habits and trends around this positive stuff, there's much more effective ways to give that feedback. So instead of when we leave the meeting, hey, good job in the meeting, what if I were to have said something like, you did a really great job in there. Specifically, slide seven had some really great content and information that everyone got really excited around. I noticed they all got super engaged, leaned in, three different questions were asked. Slide seven specifically really seemed to spark some engagement for everyone in the room. Um, Also, your presentation skills were really dynamic. You were using your your hands and a lot of body language, and you could really just feel the energy and excitement coming from you. Okay, so that's just sort of a random made-up example. But you can see how from a behavioral standpoint, if you give someone that piece of feedback or if someone were to give you that piece of feedback – there is so much more you can do with that. Okay, slide seven was killer. I better replicate slide seven for every presentation I do going forward because someone's going to get some value out of that. 
Uh, body language, great. My body language was good. My hand motions were good. Okay, so what was I doing? You know, it gives you that moment to sort of reflect and really think about what went really well. How can I make sure I incorporate that into everything else that I would have going on for the future, you know, additional opportunities within the future? Similarly with children, right? You know, so here we are thinking of like here homeschooling or something, right? You're, we're all doing this distance learning homeschooling thing. So instead of just saying, hey, good job, you know, really dive in and explain to them what it was that they did a good job on. Good job in writing this sentence. Look, you did a really nice job of making sure you had a um, a really good descriptive word and you put in all the proper punctuation and all of your words were spelled correctly, you know, whatever. I'm just sort of, I'm living in first grade world right now. So these are the basics of what I've got going on in my brain, but you get my point. So instead of just saying, hey, good job and giving him a sticker, be really specific and clear with them what it was they did a good job on, especially if they maybe tackled a challenge that's been hard for them in a while, certain math problems they were struggling with. You could really say, here's what I noticed that you did and here's how you did it well so that they themselves, again, can create the habit, repeat the behavior and really understand what what of it was you know, the thing that you really appreciated. So now I've given you like a couple of quick examples. What I want to talk about here is a little round why this is all so important. Positive feedback is often underestimated in my opinion. One, because we're not giving it super clear, like I just mentioned there. It's just the, hey, good job, you know, and that doesn't give us a lot of value. But I often find that managers don't really think of positive reinforcement or positive feedback as a tool. They just think of it as a waste of time or hard to do or, oh, this is just another thing I need to think about when I'm having my conversations. This is more I just need to do when I'm having my conversations. And it's all very true. And I, I work with a lot of leaders who they truly do find it hard to find the time to carve out to give the positive feedback. There's just too much going on. And, and, it, and it makes sense. I get it. Totally understand why. But here's what happens when you start giving a lot of positive feedback you are building a really strong, trusting relationship. And in a career standpoint, especially in the dynamics of maybe manager-employee or employee-manager, employee-employee, peer-to-peer, right, all of this, in a career standpoint, you really need that trust. You know, you don't have the bond that a father and son might have, a mother and child, a husband and wife, a partner and a partner, right? You don't have that same type of bond when you're in that career setting. So what is it that you can do to build that trust and build that bond? Because you need that. You need, that's like money in the bank to have that trust. When you need it, you'll be able to access it for other important stuff. So Positive feedback is one of the ways, the most simple and easy ways to do that, to build that trust. They want to know that you are really recognizing and valuing their contribution in addition to helping them grow and improve along the way. So the more positive feedback that you are able to give that's real specific, the stronger that relationship you have will be, the more trust that you will build. And trust me, that will pay off dividends later, like massive amounts. Because when the time comes, when something does go wrong, and you have to provide feedback that's maybe a little bit more negative or opportunity for improvement, it will be received so much better because you have that trusting relationship and because you have been doing such a good job of giving the positive. Now, there's no like 
scientific equation here, but I would suggest is probably like a two to one ratio, right? So at least make sure you're giving two times the positive to the negative or opportunity. You know, it's not always negative necessarily. It's just opportunity for improvement. But honestly, it's probably even more than that. 5X, 10X, you know, I don't know what the magic number is, but the point being, be sure you're giving a lot more positive than you are the opportunity for improvement or the negative, because that's what's going to continue to, again, build that trust, build that relationship so that when you do have that news that's harder to deliver either for you or them to, for you to say or them to hear either way, right? Uh, It will just be much better received because you have that relationship and that comfort level to have it. It'll also feel a lot more authentic and genuine. You know, it's a lot easier when you want to try to give someone opportunity for improvement feedback. And, you know, maybe you do a little bit of, you know, the old school, like sandwich method, positive, negative, positive. Well, if you're trying to give positive feedback sandwiched on the front and the back end of opportunity for improvement feedback, and it's the only time you ever give it to them, it's not going to feel very authentic or genuine. They're just going to be sitting there going, oh, so now you tell me that I'm good right before you tell me I'm bad, right? It's just not going to feel good. It's going to feel icky. And just turn around and put yourself in those shoes and think about it from that perspective. Um, it just wouldn't be you know, received very well. And, and that makes sense. That makes sense. It would be difficult to be received. So, But the point here being, do the positive feedback more often than you think. Be really clear and specific so that they're getting real value and they can actually turn this into a repeated behavior or a habit. It's just really clear. Here's what I'm going to go do with this information, how I'm going to continue to grow and develop myself and just do it way more than you would expect. And and if this is traditionally hard for you, set a goal around it, set an intention around it, you know, really make it clear to myself, I need to start giving this positive feedback more frequently. Now I'm going to hit on one more piece here related to what I just said before shifting kind of over to the opportunity for improvement feedback. If it's very hard for you from a managerial standpoint, from a leader standpoint, from a work career standpoint to give positive feedback, make it as much a part of the routine as possible. So and a couple of examples of that might be staff meetings, for example. If you're running or facilitating a staff meeting, add a portion to the staff meeting at the beginning, the end, whatever, where everyone gets to kind of just share congratulations, kudos, wins, right? This would be sort of that reinforcement of the positive feedback. It doesn't have to be only you giving it all the time. It can be a little bit from everyone, but it really does continue to enforce the behaviors by way of doing that. So you might just have a, hey, every staff meeting, we're going to spend the last five minutes talking about wins and thanking everyone for their contribution. So even if you're not the one directly giving Sally, Joe, Bob, everyone feedback, there are other people in the room that are also giving the feedback. So Sally might pop in and say, oh, hey, Bob, really, really appreciate that you helped me out with that presentation last week. I was really stuck. And then when you stepped in to help me out, it, you know, it was a, a, a real lifesaver for me. So for her, that's just a win that she's sharing, you know, and kind of a thank you that she's giving that's a little bit public, but it's also a great way for Bob to be receiving this really great positive feedback and positive reinforcement. So yes, it's coming directly from Sally, but again, it's in that like team environment and that team atmosphere, and he might hear something from her and from you and from someone else. So it really helps with that, that reinforcement. So Add it to your process wherever you can. So again, in this case, it was the example of staff meetings. 
It'd be the same thing for like one-on-one meetings as well. There's no reason you can't do, okay, at the end of our one-on-one, let's just make sure we are sharing back and forth positive feedback. And that could be both directions, right? But having some real clear intention and just making it a part of the process as much as possible so that if you're not feeling like you have the ability to do it right in the moment, like I mentioned, when you're leaving that staff meeting, that instant moment, um, if you can't get to it, at least you have another opportunity. Okay, so now we're going to shift over to the more negative or opportunity for improvement feedback. One of the things that I want to hit on with this right away is that the most important thing with this type of feedback is that it occurs as close to real time when the event, if you will, event occurred as possible. So the reason I highlight this up front is because I was just giving that example with the positive feedback where you could incorporate something in the staff meetings where the last five minutes or the one-on-one meetings where the last five minutes are doing this positive feedback thing. Positive feedback, you have the flexibility to do that where you could do it in staff meetings one-on-one. You could wait a week to give the feedback and it will still be valuable. It is still the most valuable when done real time in the moment, but you have that sort of wiggle room a little bit with the positive because most of the time people are going to remember the things that they've done well and not sort of push them to the side. With the negative or the opportunity for improvement, you want to give the feedback as instantly as possible in the real moment as possible, which can be challenging uh, in this sort of more virtual world that we're in right now where you're not necessarily sitting next to people and you can't just, you know, turn your head to the right and have a conversation with someone. You have to either pick up the phone or get on a Zoom or something, but make that a part of your process as much as you can. Give the feedback as real time as possible. There are a number of reasons for this, but if it's done as real time as possible, most likely the person on the other end will frankly just receive it a little bit better because they're probably in moderate agreement to what the problem was. Like they most likely know that something occurred that wasn't great. So they're, they're already kind of willing and able to accept or receive that information. That's not always going to be the case, but a lot of the time that is the case. The other component being they're just not going to forget, right? I mean, If I didn't eat the same thing for breakfast every day, I would tell you I couldn't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but I pretty much eat the same thing every day. (laughs) But what I had for dinner two days ago, I'd really have to scratch my brain to think. There are some things where if they just don't feel valuable in the moment anymore, we just drop them out from our brain. They're just not super high priority. So you waiting a week to provide that feedback is just not going to be powerful because even if they go and they think real hard and they scratch, okay, yeah, I remember the meeting. I remember, okay, it's it's coming back to me. I, I got what you're saying. Like I've, I've figured it out. Yes, I remember what happened. It just doesn't have the same effect because they've had to go and extract it. And at this point, they're just sort of nodding their head and listening because you're talking and you're, you know, you're the boss in this example. For instance. So um, they, it's just not going to have as much of a real impact. So giving it as much real time as as you can is going to be the best way to do it. Hopefully having that trusting um, relationship will also support and make it a lot easier to um, hear whatever that feedback is. So because you've been giving so much positive, it'll be a lot easier for you to do again, that negative or opportunity for improvement. Okay. So then the other thing that I want you to think about with feedback is 
there are a lot of different methods and processes and, and ways to do it. You always hear, and I mentioned it already, like the sandwich method, doing a little bit of positive, a little bit of negative, a little bit of positive. There's a lot of different approaches. And I do think the positive, negative, positive works really well. You know, when I'm guiding clients, I'll often tell them, you know, do a little bit of that upfront, sort of just reaffirming who they are and their identity. You know, you're doing a great job at your job, or I really like the way you're managing this project. Again, all of this is positive stuff. So something that just sort of reaffirms them and separates them from the behavior. But I think this is the really the key, and this is one of the most important components, is don't attach whatever behavior that occurred to the individual themselves. Really try to keep the behavior and them as separate as possible. It's really easy to lump those together and then make the person feel really, really, really bad, or they start making assumptions on their end as well. So whatever you can do to kind of remove the behavior from the person, because as an individual, their identity is not the thing that occurred. You know, even if they're the one who said something or they're the one who did something, it's still not their actual identity. The two really are very different. It's no different than, um, you know, when you have a project that you're working on and if someone says, you know, gives provides a comment, for example, a comment or feedback in a meeting, like, I don't think we should take that approach. People who take that personally and just sort of like sit with it, like, oh, they don't like me because they don't like my idea. So they don't like me. Those people often really struggle. uh, And I, those are a lot of clients that I have deep conversations with, that would be a whole nother podcast in itself on removing yourself from that situation. But I wanted to kind of use that as an example to share. If you create this presentation or you pitch this idea, you are not the idea. The idea is there and you are there. You are not one in the same. Same thing with like your company, like someone might, you know, where do you work? You and your company are not the one in the same thing, right? So you need to be able to separate these things. Um, which can be very challenging to do. So in that feedback instance where you're doing it for someone else, separate the behavior from them as much as possible. Don't lump their identity into whatever behavior occurred. Otherwise, it's feeling like a mountain to climb, right? Oh, I have so much improvement to do, or I'm a bad person or something along those lines. We don't want that. We just want the behavior to be corrected or changed for the future. And it has nothing to do with them personally per se. Okay. So That's probably like 95% of the time. Maybe there's that 5% where the two should be lumped together. But for the most part, work hard to keep those things separated. The other component is don't make assumptions as to why the behavior occurred. This is often what happens when we are lumping together the behavior and the individual. We also make a lot of assumptions as to why what occurred occurred. And the reality is you're not in their brain. You could make assumptions all day long. You might even make the right assumptions but it doesn't help the situation. So you're either going to make the wrong assumptions and then they're going to be judgmental or feeling judged, you know, Hey, Sally, you know, you made this mistake. I know you're stressed. I know it's hard to work with Bob. I know you don't really like your current job. I know your work to your commute to work is horribly long. And those things may or may not be true, but you don't need to re- reaffirm them to her. She knows what's going on for her. Um, if you get them wrong, you might make her feel bad or she's going to feel judged or she's going to feel like, wow, my boss just thinks they know everything about me, right? Or same thing, my my parent just thinks they know everything about me. There's not really a healthy reason to make those assumptions. It's not going to add value to the conversation. So 
try to completely just remove those from the situation. You can have a conversation with them around the reasons why things did occur. If there is uh, something, especially with using like the parent-child example, it might be beneficial to sort of dig in and dig deep to figure out what occurred so that you can support them with the behavior change. But making assumptions as to why they occurred is not really going to be super healthy for the situation. So try to remove and separate those as much as you can from the context of the conversation. And then that way, when you're giving suggestions, you know, here you are, here's what occurred. Um, You're not making any assumptions as to why you're really keeping the behavior separate from the individual. It's going to be much easier to just say, when this behavior occurred, this is what the impact was, right? So again, it doesn't have to do with them, but it's just making it really clear to them like, oh, I did this thing and it hurt someone's feelings. I did this thing and we lost a bunch of money. I did this thing and we didn't get the client, you know, whatever it is, like fill in the blank. Um, But there was, you know, there was an outcome. We're very clear and specific. This is the outcome. It doesn't have to do with you. It doesn't have, you know, it's just all very separated. But then that also leads us into the ability to better talk about, hey, what are we going to do better in the future? You know, how are we going to improve this from the future standpoint? And that starts to shift us a little bit more into the positive mindset again. Like, how can we improve this in the future? And then you have the opportunity there to make some suggestions. You know, here's what we can do in the future to do better. Or even to ask them a dynamic question. What might you consider doing to do this better in the future, right? There's no reason you can't ask them a question and get them to come up to the answer on their own so that they're feeling, again, much more engaged in their own development. Um, It's not feeling aggressive. They're getting the chance to kind of get involved. So don't be afraid to ask questions of someone of how they might change or improve that behavior when it's that feedback in the form of negative or opportunity for improvement. Um, Pulling them into that process with you will be super helpful. Okay, so somehow I've managed to talk for 25 minutes about feedback, and I feel like I blinked and that time just went by. But I want to recap a couple really important things. One, give as much positive feedback as you do opportunity for improvement, preferably even a lot more. Use the positive as an opportunity to get really specific and clear so that the individual knows what behavior or habit they need to either maintain or create based off of what they're doing well at, but then also to build that trust in that relationship so that when you do need to pull, take a withdrawal from the trust bank for some reason or another, there will be something in there to withdraw. It won't be empty for you. And then from the opportunity for improvement side, you know, don't be afraid to try out some of the different tactics like a positive, negative, positive using a sandwich type method, but keep the behavior as separate from the individual as possible. Don't make assumptions as to why the behavior occurred. Be sure that it's really clear what occurred and what the impact was, and then work together to come up with suggestions for improvement, whether that's you just directly making them or potentially you asking questions of them of how they could potentially improve in the future. And then all of that being done as real time as possible, as real time as possible. And even if that means you're setting up special meetings or you're making special phone calls, great, fine, do it. So be it. It's okay. But it needs to be done as real time as possible for it to be effective and received in a positive way. Um, And really it will 
save some of that sort of trust that you're pulling on as well. Because if you're doing it real time in the moment, they're going to receive it a lot better. They're going to be able to correct a lot faster. If you wait a long time, you're going to be extracting a lot more of that trust from the bank because all of a sudden, oh wait, what are we talking about? And why are we talking about this now? Shouldn't we have been talking about it a week, a week ago? You know, those dynamics start to kind of stew in the head. And then they're wondering, you know, why aren't they talking to me about this when these times come? Those are the things that withdraw from your trust. And we don't want to be withdrawing from the trust bank. We want to be um, creating more, adding deposits, having dividends, <laughs> interest in a positive sense, all of that good growth from the, the positive standpoint. Okay, so feedback, just to kind of close the loop too, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that this is really helpful, not just from a career standpoint, but personal standpoint. And I think more than ever now, this continues to be the case. You know, we are either stuck in our homes with if we if you are in a home where you have family or friends with you, you're surrounded by people probably a lot more than you normally are. Use this opportunity to ensure your relationships are as best as they possibly can be and by way of providing as much positive feedback as you can on a regular basis to build that trust so that when you need to have those more challenging conversations, you'll be able to make those withdrawals. If you are a little bit more alone in your environment where you're just by yourself within your home, these conversations are also important because we're not having those face-to-face interactions as much, right? So when there is a chance to hop on the phone and let someone know, you know, what they're doing really well or how they could help and support you better, it's going to be even more important that you do so. Because if you live in this little vacuum by yourself and you kind of forget some of these people engagement skills, you forget some of these relationship building skills, you don't do these trust building skills when you actually need someone or when you need to provide someone feedback that maybe they did hurt you or really cause a problem or there's something there, you're not going to have any of that to use the same cliched term again, that trust to kind of, you know, withdraw from the bank. So whether you're feeling a little bit siloed in your home all by yourself, you might have to put a little bit more effort in a new and dynamic way of doing so to reach out to friends, family, coworkers, peers, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it might be, to give both that positive and opportunity for improvement feedback. And then if you're in your own home and you're living together all the time, I encourage you to amp that up even more and do even a bit more of it. Um, Real feedback for real people, it's clear the value. I'm only talking about it from that trust standpoint, just because there's so much that Um, that that can kind of reward and pay you back for in the future. But there's really so many great reasons to be doing that. Even just the opening the lines of communication so that it's so much more comfortable. You know, here we are. We've built these relationships. It's comfortable to have these conversations in the future when we continue to practice. It's the silly, you know, practice makes perfect or really even better way to say that is just practice makes good, right? We just, the more we practice, the better we're going to, be it stuff, practice conversating, practice feedback, positive and opportunity for improvement, practice, practice, practice. All of these things will really make a huge difference when um, you need them the most. You'll be able to pull on those when you need them the most, which is 
always going to be the time. The time that you need it most is the time you're going to be thankful that you have done the work and put it in versus looking back and going, oh man, I made some mistakes and I didn't do what I needed to do. So just some things to kind of keep in mind. And hopefully this is helpful for you. Uh, if you want to pop over to LinkedIn and talk to me a little bit more about feedback, I would love to get some of your opinions. You can even just send me a little message and let me know what your thoughts are, what's worked well for you. Or if you're struggling, you know, feel free to ask me a question. I can see if I can come up with any great insight based off of your own specific and dynamic situation. But I would just encourage you to spend this week thinking about where can I be providing a little bit more feedback, both positive or opportunity for improvement in my situation and how will it benefit me. And then that way you can really kind of learn from that situation as you move forward. And guys, that's it. That was 30 minutes about feedback. Like who knew we could talk about feedback that long. We could probably go even longer. But um, with that said, I just want to remind you to head on over to wanderbarn.com. And that's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com slash people talking people. And you will learn more about the show, but also you will be able to check out some of the other shows that are in the network. Um, There's some really great ones, Mastering uh, the Business of Yoga, The World Wanderers. We've talked about that one a couple times. Lots of super fun. Um, Matcha Mornings. So yeah, we'd love you to head on over to wanderbarn.com, People Talking People, to learn more about our show, but then to also check out those other great shows in the network. Have a good one. Check you over on LinkedIn. Hopefully I get to have some conversations there. Otherwise, stay tuned for next week when Randall Lynn and I will be back um, doing another joint one again. So if you've missed the two of us talking, don't worry. It'll be there next week. Have a good one.